Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Tell me you're an investigator. More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. Not a taint. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Ale with the Angel. <laughs> I am Josh. And I'm Rex. And I, <laughs> I am being stereotypically racist. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, is that because you watched that Mario Kart trailer? That's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> it was kind of amazing. If you don't know what we're talking about, we should share that Yeah, on the Buffy group. Fast and the Furious Mario Kart trailer. It's fucking phenomenal. There you go. Just Google that. Yeah, it's called Mario Kart Fast and Furious. Pretty simple. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. That makes it perfectly excusable <laughs> that I'm doing a, a racial stereotype of Italian people. I'm sorry, Simo. <laughs> Nintendo made me do it. <laughs> so on Ale with Angel today, we will be reviewing Season 1, Episode 21, entitled Blind Date. Yes. And uh, just real quick, I suppose one of us should probably give a shout out to all our fucking doodle-doos <laughs> that are also known as Patreon supporters and executive producers. And I don't see Rex going for it, so I guess it's going to be me. Looks like we have... Patrick JF, our newest Patreon, doodle-doo, and Hilly Hilfman, Scarlet Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, and Matthew DeBurr, and Kelly McAdams, Shubby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and <laughs> Carrie Phillips. One of these days, I'm going to put that entire thing to the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but we have too many patrons now for that. You should have did that too when we had 12. Too many patrons! No! That's a great problem to have. Don't! Stop! No! Don't! Don't stop! <laughs> it's, it's a very good problem to have. Keep it yes, up, guys. Yes, it is. And hey, we we have our first review of the new year. Go ahead and read it for us, Rex. So this is by Just a Buffy Fan. Uh, this review was written on the 7th, so like a week ago from the time we're recording this. Uh, Five-star review titled, Good People, Good Podcast. This podcast is great. It's great for any Buffyverse fan. Rex and Josh are very funny and their dialogue is intriguing. On top of that, they answered me when I texted their number. Thanks for chatting. Hey, you're welcome, Just a Buffy fan. And you're not just a Buffy fan. You're a great Buffy fan or something like that. That's, yes. That sounds good. I'm very nice man <laughs> with happy feelings all of the time. Most importantly, they are a Beer with Buffy fan. Beer and with Buffy. Right now, that's what matters most to us. 
By the way, um, go ahead and cry yourself to sleep, everybody else, because Just a Buffy fan opted for the last coloring book. Yep. Sorry. Womp, 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 womp. We are officially no longer in possession of any Keanu Reeves coloring books. That is correct. I even gave away my spare to Janella Lindauer just because I went to high school with her so she gets special treatment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she has, in fact, put up with Josh on a a regular basis through their teen years. And and if that doesn't deserve some praise, I don't know what does. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's very not wrong as someone who regularly puts up with josh i feel i have some ground to stand on right back at you buddy <laughs> exactly right back at you <laughs> all right so today on ale with angel i'm uh, i'm still on a wine kick i'm drinking 14 hands winery cabernet sauvignon and it looks like it says some shit on the bottle it was uh do they distill wine? Is it distilled in 2016? <laughs> I don't think so. Brewed. It was I brewed think, in 2016. I think it's that they go by when it's bottled. Oh, it's vintage. It's vintage 2016. <laughs> That's the term. <laughs> Excuse me. So <laughs> this is bad wine reviews by Josh King on Ale with Angel. I'm gonna pick three random wine tasting descriptors and God. see if it applies. <laughs> This is Rogue Wine Tasting 101. Sour, a wine with unbalanced puckery acidity, often applies to mistreated wines with excessive (laughs) acetic acid. I dare say this acid is rather acidic. Michael, that's exactly the correct term. (laughs) Christ. These fucking people. Josh, I think your reviews of wines counts as mistreating wines. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Let's see if the taste reflects that. You know, a little bit. (laughs) It does a little bit. This wine is a little bit acidic. Let's find one in a different section. I'm going to do this in no good order. Fallen over. It's a wine term, fallen over. A wine that, at a relatively young age, has already gone past its peak or optimal drinking period and is rapidly declining in quality, is said to have fallen over. Huh. Ooh, um, ouch. I feel very called out. <laughs> I'm in this wine descriptor and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. You know, I'm going to have to say this is fallen over, <laughs> probably because it's been open and in my trunk for a week. <laughs> so there it is. Also subjected to like 10 degree weather. <laughs> yeah, I just pulled it out of the trunk and it's been 10 degrees like all day. So, <laughs> yeah, we live in Michigan where it's fucking cold out there. <laughs> it's cold out there every day. Okay. Um, do Heavy. He ain't heavy. He's my brother, baby, or something. I don't know. Did you know they're making a new Austin Powers? (laughs) Yes, you've reminded me multiple times now. I can't wait to see (laughs) Seth Green as fucking evil Scott. That's going to be fantastic. Anyway, heavy. A wine that is very alcoholic. No, you know what? I already did this one. Shit, I gotta start keeping track. <laughs> God. Um, this is gonna continue long enough where you feel you have to keep track? Possibly. <laughs> Petrally, a wine containing a high concentration 
of holy shit, look at this word. <laughs> Trimethylidihydronaphthalene. <laughs> <laughs> Whose scent is evocative of the odor of petrol, kerosene, or paraffin. A petroly character is considered a highly desirable characteristic in mature Rieslings. Well, this isn't a Riesling. Okay. Yeah. Next one. Powerful. Uh, uh, that sounds awful. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I want my wine to taste like gasoline. <laughs> God. So, powerful. A wine with a high level of alcohol that is not... Yet, I feel like I keep hitting all the same ones. What is wrong with this? Uh, rich. A sense of sweetness in the wine that is not excessive. Sure. This is a very rich wine. <laughs> there it is. This has been bad wine tasting. <laughs> With Josh. Is the wine bad or is Josh bad? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is... Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, can we get on with our actual podcast? I, I don't know. What do you suggest, Rex? A parental synopsis. Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua? Well, I'm definitely not murdering any children, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing when I was your age, and I'm definitely <laughs> questioning my life choices right now. Please, please tell me you're not going to try to get 146 trimester abortions legalized again, Dad. Well, maybe if you'd stop quitting your job and contribute to the household. So, you, you want me to quit quitting? Wouldn't that be quitting, Dad? I'll quit you. Yeah, sounds about right. An all too familiar story. Man betrays employer. Father figure at employer acts personally attacked. Boss dad murders co-worker. Stain never comes out of carpet. Boss dad gets promotion and gives you his old job. I think I'm going to stop walking into your room without knocking. I think that's a good idea, dad. Because today on Angel... <laughs> Lindsay McDonald tries to get out of Wolfram and Hart when he finds out that a blind woman assassin that he's successfully defended in court will now be assassinating three children. This is just too much for Lindsay, so he recruits Angel's assistants to steal the files necessary to foil this assassination attempt. Angel uses Cordelia and Wesley as hacker and transcriptionist, respectively, and Gunn as a distraction. They find the kids and kill the assassin. Angel finds a little purpose, and Lindsay gets a promotion. The end. Uh, real quick question. What trimester did you say for that? 146th. You did the math, didn't you? I... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good on you. 36 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, down. cold open yeah it's actually quite the cold open a short little sweet thing that left me going what the fuck was that <laughs> i know right uh some street vendor on the streets of la is selling some vintage toys to some kids you know that seemed out of place yeah at the time very but now after having seen the whole episode it seems to fit a little better right Kind like, of like my dad's synopsises. Right. <laughs> so the street vendor moves some toys out of the way of a blind woman walking down the street with her white cane. Yeah, she fucks off. He gets the toys out of the sidewalk. 
I'm like, I get it, you're a street vendor, but maybe don't leave sh- your wares in the middle of the sidewalk, right. literally. Well, he was showing them some, to some kids. I guess. Fine, whatever. Why there's kids in the fucking, out on the street? They have money. So, like, why are they out on the street at this time of night buying random shit from street vendors? Was it night? Yeah, it was I wasn't it was really nighttime. paying attention to the time. I I don't care. Whatever. So, um, cut to an abandoned building. Yeah, where Angel's fighting some vampires. Yeah. He pulls the old, uh, pull him up on a chain pulley thing and swing yeah. him across the room. That's always classic. And there's a very conveniently placed sharpened wooden stick. Yep. On top of some pallets. It looked like part of a broken pallet or something like that. I was going to say a broken mop stick or something. The episode where Buffy was here and they mentioned that she's much stronger than Angel uh, actually made me consider something for the first time seeing this scene. Angel kicks these vampires' asses very effectively. And we've watched him hold his own with Buffy on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. He can stand side by side fighting with fighting with Buffy and like does a solid fifty percent of the work. Think of the implications of that if she is that much stronger than him and vampires in general. That just means he's that good of a fighter. Oh yeah, it's a pretty subtle thing, but I really I really like that. Yeah, he's no slouch in the fighting department. Yeah, and. It's fantastic. It's 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 subtle background writing that things like that that I really love about shows that have a lot of nuance and He's and too pretty for us to get rid of. Wait, what if he's <laughs> maybe he's an excellent fighter or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Man, Angel just has it all. Mm-hmm. Dark broodiness, a soul, super, super pretty, muscles. I want muscles like that. Can't find that on sale. I really want muscles like that. Good luck. So we fight some fuckers, (laughs) and then we see this one random asshat uh, wander or stumble out of another area, and he looks mortally wounded. Yes, very mortally wounded. And he slumps down against a wall. And then Blind Lady pops up, and holy shit, she is uh, kind of a pain in the ass for a blind lady. Yeah, she pulls a... uh Solid daredevil on the, on Angel. She goes all crazy daredevil, definitely. <laughs> she kicks his ass and uh, then throws him through a wall or something, and Looked then like vanishes. A boarded up window, but it just went into another room. Then she fucks off. She disappears, and Angel gets up, dusts himself off, and he sees this guy that's slumped against the wall, and presumably she had just murdered him. Yep. And opening credits. Indeed. So call me behind the times, but this whole daredevil reference thing spurred me to look up daredevil because for starters i couldn't remember the name daredevil i was like damn it what is this ah that's exactly like a marvel character that i watched a lot of fuck me where is my memory anyway daredevil obviously which led me to an article where i learned that over a year and a half ago already all of those marvel netflix shows were unceremoniously fucking canceled yeah I didn't realize that they were all just fuck off canceled. They were. I wasn't paying any attention. I was like, oh, you know, I want to get back to those sometime. I'm looking forward to more Punisher and Daredevil. I forgot about those. This is going to be fun. Nope. They're just done. Never mind. Yeah, it was when... uh, Thanks for reminding me, Angel. It was when Disney started up their own streaming service. And it was like, you know what? We want all of the money from these shows. Like... 
every bit of it. No, so we go to Angel Investigation Offices, where uh, Wesley just can't find anything on blind demons. And that seems unlikely. Like, there's got to be demons that don't have eyes. Right? There's demons who don't have mouths. Yeah. Can't tell me that there's no demons without eyes. Yeah, you're being very demonist, Wesley. It bothers me. You bother me, Wesley. I mean, yeah, Wesley bothers all of us. There are no blind demons. This is madness. (laughs) But Cordelia is thinking outside the box, go her, and she's searching for a blind woman murder on the LAPD website. Well, Wesley theorizes that maybe she's not a demon, but perhaps she is someone with a very particular set of skills. Skills she acquired over a very long career. Skills that make her a nightmare for people like Angel. If he lets her daughter go now, maybe that'll be the end of it. She won't look for him. She won't pursue him. But if he doesn't, she'll look for him. She'll find him, and she'll kill him. You lost me. Oh, sorry. That was taken. Taken? Yeah, the Liam Neeson movie. Oh. I, I have no- a particular set of skills. <laughs> I had no idea what you were <laughs> quoting. I'm glad you enjoyed it. it <laughs> just the, the, way, the, way, the way Wesley... <laughs> started off it just that made me think of that fucking little speech and that just now reminds me of that episode of family guy where (laughs) peter and lois have sex and he's like "Ah," and she's like oh good for you (laughs) (laughs) but she's thinking outside the box yeah she's on the lapd website and (laughs) brings her right up and vanessa brewer Blind woman, she's been arrested three times for fleeing the scene of a homicide in 93, aggravated assault in 95, double homicide in 99, currently on trial, being represented by, guess who? Wolfram and Hart. Gerba thump thump. Gerba thump thump. <laughs> thump thump. Real quick, we cut to court. In the middle of the day, as Lindsay is doing, I guess he's doing his opening statements or something. Yeah, it's it's the most dramatic part of defending a, a client. I don't know. Yeah. I do, I do, do court. As he's saying this, he's like, look, she's blind. She couldn't possibly hurt anybody don't being you blind. see how blind this woman is? <laughs> blind people can't do things. Are you mad? That's pretty much his entire argument. <laughs> Basically. And it's, he's about to get away with it, too. Well, he does get away with it. But, you know, Angel pulls that classic trick. He steps in, and he's still got her glasses from the fight. Yeah. He hucks them at the back of her head, and she snaps, too, startlingly quickly and catches them. Now, he didn't throw them at her, because she catches them above her head. Yeah, they whizzed slightly past her head. And so, like, he threw he threw them, like, above, over her shoulder. Did he do that because he wasn't sure if she could catch him? And he didn't want to, like, huck the glasses through the back of her skull? If he had threw them at her head and she caught them, the court would have been like, she couldn't possibly be blind. Like, that would have, you know, helped destroy Lindsay's argument a little better, I think. I think it was just as ridiculously unlikely for her to be able to catch them without them flying at her head. Yeah, but I it would have been... It would have been more fun if she'd, like, had to dodge and then and catch them where her head was. Or spin around like Angel did 
to catch the crossbow bolt that Faith shot at him. Right. Like, that would have been sweet. But the way it happened, I suppose it was relatively less noticeable what actually happened. In fact, everybody's attention was more on Angel for throwing shit in the courtroom. Yeah. And apparently, that's all people cared about because it didn't get her convicted. Yeah. Got off scot-free. Yeah, because Lindsay did some lawyery bullshit. Don't play lawyer ball, son. But he does. <laughs> he plays lawyer ball really well. Yep. Cut back to Angel Investigations, where Wesley and Cordelia are still discussing the implications of Vanessa's seemingly supernatural senses. Yeah, and Wesley wonders that if she can somehow see outside of the visual spectrum... Which, you know, it might be kind of interesting. The implications would be definitely worth looking at. But she's like, so what does it matter? She can see her jail bars. Who gives a shit? Angel's like, it matters because she's being defended pro bono. So she's probably still working for the evil people. They're doing it for free. (gasps) And lawyers don't do anything anything for free god damn right they don't (laughs) they don't (laughs) and so she's working for them as a hit contractor presumably yeah i don't want to share my feelings i don't want to open up i want to find the guy that killed tina and i want to look him in the eye then what then i'm going to share my feelings Back to the Wolfie Bleat Snort Snort. (laughs) I like that one better. (laughs) Uh, Lee Mercer is looking pretty healthy these days. Yeah. And sleazy as ever. He steps right up into Lindsay's neck hair and goes, God, I love Old Spice. (laughs) (laughs) And Lindsay's like, I told you never in the office. Can I help you with something, Lee? He is close enough. (laughs) Like, his chest is definitely touching Lindsay's shoulder blade. It's very close. Like, dude. (laughs) Pandemic, (laughs) goddammit. Personal space. Yeah. Rule number one, personal space. Rule number two, have a bubble. Don't get into it. Rule number three, personal space. Rule number four, (laughs) stay away from me. Rule number five. Wear a mask. <laughs> anyway, enough enough Rick and Morty garbage. Um, so oh, <laughs> Lee's, Lindsay's like, can I help you with something, Lee? Right. Lee's like, not unless you can help me get blind people off as well as you do. How? <laughs> yeah, you know. He he makes he makes worse jokes than that. Giggity, yes, giggity. He he means it both ways. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> Lindsay gets called over to Vanessa, who's talking with some old guys, and she grabs Lindsay's hand. The dude that she's talking to is Holland. Yeah, Lindsay's boss. Oh, we're getting there. And with no small irony, she's like, "It's nice to see you again, Lindsay." And I'm like, "But she's blind." <laughs> oh, damn. Well, he doesn't even offer his hand for her to shake. She grabs it. Oh, the irony! The irony? The, the, uh, 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 uh. That's not ironic, that's just coincidental! Anyway. She happens to be blind. You're saying all blind people should avoid eye puns for the rest of their lives? Christ. Oh no. Lean into that shit, man. <laughs> Quite the contrast. <laughs> 
So now we're in Holland's office. Smooth transition. Yes. Because he wants to have a little piece of the Lindsay, too. It's not just Lee getting all sniffly up in there. Holland sits Lindsay down for a little bit of a heart-to-heart sort of conversation. Lindsay, my boy! You seem a little bit down. Like, you're really not into this whole evil thing. A young, strapping lad such as yourself? Like, if you're going to be evil with us, you really got to be evil. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really evil. Like, let's murder children evil. You've got to lean into the depression, and that's, (laughs) I tell you, boy, that's... That's what's going to get you undepressed. But also, you're just, you're too young. You've gone too far too fast. Why are you going Scottish? I don't think that's Scottish. You're kind of doing Scottish. I disagree. (laughs) Anyways, like, it's just slimy as possible. The world's an easy place to live in. It's designed for those who know how to use it. (laughs) (laughs) now figure your shit out or you'll never be happy now if you don't mind you're going to need to prepare a grueling sad childhood story for vanessa because she's about to murder a bunch of children that are are a threat to us and Lindsay's like who are whoa whoa there boy (laughs) (laughs) don't you think that's a bit too many questions you don't ask questions Now, why don't you not worry your pretty little head about it and run along and do as old Daddy Holland says now? (laughs) Okay. I think you've fallen into like four or five different accents for this one character at at this point. (laughs) Why won't you just let me be myself? Because you're not being yourself. You're being other people. (laughs) I can't find it because you won't let me. So. Oh, God. I need a moment. (laughs) Oh, fuck. So, yeah, that's that scene. Can we move on now? I'd love to. All right. In the office office. Angel Investigations. Yes. I'm so powerless. Ah, brood. I think the phone said something hurtful about Angel's rippling biceps or something, I guess, because <laughs> he hucks it across the room. He's very upset. Yes. Yes. That, that poor phone. That phone did not perform properly. No. But it might be user error. I think he his his execution of the use of the phone could be part of the problem. Like, that's not how you use a phone, Angel. Like, I know you're really old and you've existed long before phones were invented, but that's really just, like, you pick up only one part of it and you hold that to your ear. You don't you don't throw it. I think what happened was his credit card got declined and the nice lady on the other end who always complimented him <laughs> wouldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say nice things to you anymore. Maybe... Maybe it was talking to the guys who provide your internet service. (laughs) Because let me tell you, if you get stuck on the phone with the fucking call center for the people who provide your internet service, I know from personal experience, you're fucking throwing a phone. You're just throwing a phone. Keep some spares laying around. You know all those old cell phones that you think you're going to get fixed someday to get those old pictures off of there, but you never will? Because that's too expensive and too much of a pain in the ass. Just let go of the memories anyway. Well, just use one of those instead of your current active phone. When you know that you're going to be on the call 
for a long time dealing with a really stupid problem that isn't your fault. It's specifically their fault. And they're going to try and charge you money for, you know, fucking up your bill. Just keep a pouch handy, a little sack just full of old phones. Because every few minutes you can just chuck one at the wall. You'll feel better. So was it the cable company or was Angel just encountering too much of the evil to fight? Because, boy, howdy, evil is so evil, and it's just so hard to fight. Damn it. You said, what? was it the cable company or evil to fight? Where's your differentiation? Oh, you're right. They're, they're pretty much the same. <laughs> like, it's still the cable company. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> they should have just called this episode Angel Fights the Cable Company. <laughs> Angel tries to watch Friends. <laughs> I think you would hate that show. Never know. Anyway, yeah. Um, Angel is notably upset because he found out that Blind Lady got off scot-free. She's totally acquitted. I don't know what it's upset. What it's like to be upset that somebody gets acquitted. I don't know at all. Yeah. Twice. You wouldn't be referencing any <laughs> recent <laughs> things that yeah. happened around... Mid-February 2021. With any ex-presidents. Can't possibly be thinking about dumbasses being acquitted for shit. That's not what I'm thinking about at all. Yeah. (laughs) So, this leads us into a very interesting moment. Let's call it waxing nostalgically about being evil. Evil! Angel is so upset that he waxes nostalgically. He miss has a moment of missing being evil. And that's just a bit um terrifying, if you ask me. <laughs> well, it, Cordy covers it. Well, yeah. It's like you don't mean like the killing your friends and family kind of evil now, do you? Just checking. And like the look that Angel gives her is like, really come on. But it's like, no, Angel, you don't get a really come on at this point. Like like, you're waxing nostalgically about being evil, and, like, when you were evil, you tried to murder people. This has happened at least twice, and one of those times you did murder somebody. Remember Miss Calendar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a quote of the day that pretty much sums up the scene for me here. Angel says, It's still their world, Wesley. Structured for power, not truth. It's their system, and it's one that works. It works because there is no guilt. There is no torment. No consequences. It's pure. I remember what that was like. Sometimes I miss that clarity. And yeah, that applies far too heavily to uh, current everything as well. Yeah. It's amazing how we can find current events having weight that matches with shit going on in a fucking show from 20-something years ago. And it's when you're at your lowest and you can only see one set of footprints in the sand that you scream into the ether... Where were you when I needed you most? And at that very moment, the morbidly obese, anthropomorphic, literal walking jug of diabetes himself, casually, thinly veiled as Lindsay McDonald, strolls through your front door and it's like, oh yeah! <laughs> hey, remember all those things you were complaining about just now? I'm here to fix that. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime. Ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring that in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. 
place I'm told is not all that healthy for you. Angel goes on and on. He's like, nothing ever changes. And hey, look, something changes. Because there's Lindsay, and he wants the fuck out of Wolfram and Hart. Like he has a soul or a conscience or something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, what? You draw the line at murdering children and defending (laughs) their murder? (laughs) Angel's response to Lindsay is fucking perfect because he's, he's super skeptical. He's basically taunting and making fun of him the whole fucking conversation. I fucking love it. He's testing his resolve. Lindsay's talking and Angel's just like slowly dozing. Oh, I dozed off there. Did you get to the part where you're evil? <laughs> that part was fantastic because Lindsay was <laughs> droning on and on. He's like, I came from a poor family and my daddy was a big old whelp and just gave away our house to the tax man. And he's like, <laughs> bore. <laughs> get to the part where you're evil. <laughs> To quote a certain evil vampire redhead that we once met, bored now. Bored now. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mind getting to the murder? (laughs) So Lindsay's like, they're going to murder children. And Angel's like, broody man, away. (laughs) Angel has a great fucking point here. So he he wants Lindsay to go back into Wolfram and Hart to get information, to find out where the kids are and how they're in danger and everything. Lindsay says... I go back there, they're going to kill me. This is one of my quotes of the day. Angel's response. That's what we call an acceptable risk. You're panicking right now. You can't believe how bad you let things get. That's not change. You have to make a decision to change. That's something you do by yourself. Most people, they never do. Lindsay replies, I get myself killed. That will convince you I've changed. That's a start. Yeah. Yes. Very insightful. Angel got himself killed. Yeah. Like, and he's still around. Angel's point is like, if you're not willing to actually put your actual life on the line for this, then that that isn't growth. That isn't change. You don't get to magically undo all the ridiculously evil shit that you've done just because you've checked the I did a good deed box. Right? See, that's an interesting observation because I read that more as uh, just a callous fuck you, Lindsay. I don't care about your life. That's an acceptable risk to me. I mean, that's a little part of it, too. It was both, I feel. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Angel's good enough to to weave between both points. Oh, absolutely. So, cut out to the outer office where we have a little planning... Powwow. Yes. Oh, I'm so disappointed. They had the perfect opportunity to do one of my absolute favorite fucking heist film tropes. And they just didn't do it. Those fucking ball droppers. They really did drop the ball. I love the the bit in a heist movie when they gather around and they're like planning the heist. And as they're planning it, they're narrating the heist and they cut to doing the actual heist. Oh, God, that's so cheesy. <laughs> but it's so good. Well, I mean, it was close. Like, they wasted no time and then went right into it without really telling us the whole plan. Yeah. So, they, just, it uh, still felt kind of heisty, though. But you're right. That, that could have been fun. Like, they, they so often do a lot of back and forth of shit. Yeah. It's nothing for them to do back and forth in this. And they could have done that. And it would have been fantastic. And 
also it would have been a much better pace for this shit. Yeah, a, a lot of this episode ended up filling itself out in long drawn out pseudo dramatic conversations yeah. between characters that really didn't give too much of a shit about. But basically what it boils down to is Angel has to fight a Progothian demon that's yep. guarding these files in a super secret basement room. Cordy wisely wonders why the fuck is Angel going in there if he told Lindsay that Lindsay's going in there and fuck you. Because Lindsay can't fight a demon, and that's fair. Yeah. Uh, he would definitely die, which, you know, he still... Kind of deserves it. He does kind of deserve it, but, you know, he's valuable to this operation. He can't redeem himself if he's dead. Right. And that would just be an absolute suicide mission. Like, a risk is one thing, but definitely going to die, yeah. that's a problem. Like, they're not looking for a sacrifice. They're looking for acceptable risk. Yeah. And he takes massive risks. Oh, he does. And he definitely does. so he decides to leave his pass key in the basement for Angel to find. He gives him all this information on where to use a torch to cut into yep. the basement from the sewer system. But very important question here. What do you do about the vampire detectors? Well, I'll tell you what we do. We hire Gun to do a distraction. Yes. So from that scene where they're planning the things, oh, and we did forget to mention that uh, Wesley's going to do background on the demon that's guarding the vault. Sure. Slightly, sure, sure. slightly important. But yeah, he's going to get Angel information on how to defeat the yeah. demon. And then, so we cut to LA streets where Angel's talking to Gunn. He meets Gunn on the street and Gunn is just like hanging out in the back of his fucking truck using his stake shooter shooting things for target practice yeah that's just out on the streets what else would gun be doing you know they paid a lot of money to have that prop made and damn it they're gonna use it <laughs> you know that's fair <laughs> you know somebody on set was like hey guys we paid a lot of money for this right we really need at least six more episodes of using this otherwise the fucking producers are gonna have just our asses all of our heads <laughs> So Angel's recruiting him to get something we don't really know what yet, and uh, apparently the fact that it's extremely dangerous is all the reason Gunn needs, even though only seconds ago he was like, yeah, fuck Whitey, but here we are. But like, Angel, why didn't you tell him, hey Gunn, we're doing this to save some children? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think Gunn would have been like, save some children? I'm in. You don't even have to fucking tell me the whole plan. What do you need? Was it nearly as fun or as tropey as being like, it's extremely dangerous. And he's like, I'm in. It's like, oh boy. They really should have just had him respond with, son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. I don't know what you're doing, but what heist you're pulling, but I'm in. Cut over to Wolfram and Hart. Where Lindsay goes to work. Lindsay gets the boss a coffee. <laughs> or rather, he enters the front lobby. Yes. Puts his badge on. He heads to the basement where he narrowly avoids a run-in with Lila at the back records room. Very smoothly sidesteps her. This is kind of fucking brilliant on his part. He's very good with words. I got a quote of the day here. Lila says, I was under the impression that you never touch a book anymore. Lindsay responds... Little secret between you and me. If the amoebas ever find out you're willing to read, they lose all respect for you. <laughs> Which, you know, that's kind of true. 
The more work you do, uh, the more underling work you do, the more underling work you will be expected to do. Yep. And you always get into it with that, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to impress everybody and they're going to love me and I'm going to get promoted. No, that's how you're a janitor for the rest of your life. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Basically, it honestly, if you do more than what you're paid for, eventually the bosses just start thinking, hey, we don't have to pay him more. He's going to keep doing it. Uh-huh. And that's where you get fucked. Yep. Hey, everybody unionize your shit you gotta fuck upwards yes because they're always fucking downwards shit rolls downhill it really does so she buys it and he ducks into the room and then he ducks right back out after she turns the corner not nearly enough time like wait a little longer you're risking being a little bit risky because she hadn't even turned the corner yet when he stuck his head out and i'm like dude wait five more seconds count to 20 (laughs) right i don't know if they established, is this the room that Angel is breaking into? No. Uh, this was just a, a regular, normal records room. Because he was heading... I know it is, but he was heading into that room anyway, right? No. Lindsay was just walking by that room. And then the moment that Lila opened the door, he covered by acting like he was just walking into that Okay, room. then answer me. Where does he leave the key for Angel? Around the corner, he leaves it on the underside of what I think was like a fire extinguisher oh, box. Oh, that's right, because he's on camera getting that only moments later. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Well, then where does he uh, fire cut into the basement? Doesn't show. Huh. Who knows? Somewhere. Somewhere. Else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in the mail and newspaper. So Lindsay ducks back out of the room, narrowly avoids Lila again, and now he's over in the security room chatting it up with one of the head security guys. Hold on. We're missing some parts because there's a lot of shit happening and I didn't get it all exactly in the right Right. order. It doesn't really matter. While we're while we're watching Lindsay go through the, all this uh at one point we cut to angel who is in the sewer using a torch to cut a big hole in the ground cut back to him hiding cutting the badge. a big hole in the floor from beneath it yep after Lindsay hides the badge uh we cut back to angel who's finished cutting the hole in the floor he pulls off his like overalls whatever for crawling around in the in the sewer and he has a suit underneath very Bonzi of him. Yes. And then we cut back to Lindsay, who enters the security office. And hey, lucky for Lindsay that the guy in the security office is somebody he knows. And he's had a conversation about security systems with him. Hey, hey, hey. That's called networking. Yes. Up in the lobby, Gun is causing a huge distraction. He's being a distracting distractor. Yes, by sheer merit of, look how fucking black I am. (laughs) Hey, all you white people, and you, black man who works for the white people, look how goddamn black I am. His fucking opening line in this is, I didn't believe it. Evil white folk really do have a mecca. (laughs) 
And at one point he's like, you can help the demon or the dead man, but can you help a black man? And it's, oh, it's fun. It's excellent. He, he really is like, hey, I'm going to fuck with these people by just pissing in all their, their Cheerios, like all over the place, everywhere. They're really not going to be able to deal with a black man in this lobby. And he's not wrong. No, they're just like, ooh, do you want to touch it? I I don't want to touch it. Someone's, do you need change or something? <laughs> someone's going to have to touch him. Oh, jeez. You know, I do like that they're bringing a little bit of the truth of the racism aspect with, with having a black character. In. Yeah, they're, they're I just, like that. They're not ignoring that he's black, but it does still... It does still feel a little bit like tokenism. A little bit. And I'm hoping they get away from that. Yeah. As we go on. I hope so. Um, But it's also it's, like... It's pretty, really more of the class difference. Yeah. Well, and it's also pretty obvious that at. Gunn is specifically in this scene meant to play up that aspect. You know? Yeah. They're not making it like he's just like this as a character. Right. He's exactly. playing a part to effectively... Complete yeah. a job. And so it's fine. At one point, they had all synchronized their watches because they're all checking their watches over and over again. And then right when it gets to the right time, Gunn waves in his, in his buddies who bring a fucking sack in. 12.17 p.m. Yep. Tosses down the sack, opens it up, and it's fucking vampire. And this sets off the guinea pig demons. Yes. They're all like, wee! <laughs> and uh we have a wolf we have a ram we have a heart and now we have pigs so this effectively covers angel's entrance into the building and then gun saunters out the front door while they chase around the vampire in the lobby one yeah. of the one of the guards happens to have a uh nightstick with a stake in it which that looked really fucking cool I it thought. was neat it was neat and they stake that vampire fairly quickly Lindsay, down in the security room, switches a monitor from Angel, where he's grabbing the key, over to an empty lobby shot before security notices it. Yep. And, and Angel... then he's like, oh, your hands are full. Oh, I'll get out of your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cut to Angel getting to the vault. And, man, there's not even a fight. I was kind of disappointed. Well, he, air quotes, fights the Progothian <laughs> demon and he, like, punches it, which sets it back for, like, 0.2 seconds, and then blows some random powder in its face. And he's like, thank you, Wesley, because it literally just stuns him. I want to know, did it stun him, or did it kill him? You know, I'm not sure. It at least knocked him out for a good long I while. I should have checked the body count list on the wiki. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, Could well. go either way. Not really important. So he, go he goes into the, the vault, he grabs some data disks... And then, god damn it, Angel. God damn it. You forgot one of the most important rules about heists. You don't take something you're not there for. But that scroll looks super sweet, you guys. I want it real bad. He sees... I'm I'm like an adult, and I, I can do, you know, whatever I want, because, you know, I'm going to take that scroll, and I'm going to throw it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that's where you were going with it. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, until, of course, the fucking alarms go off. Yeah. The emergency security gates start to close. But he's a slick-ass motherfucker. Yeah. He gets all of his shit together and slides under there like goddamn Indiana Jones. He's safe! 
<laughs> yeah. And uh, he gets all the shit and he's out of there. Woo! Yeah. And he calls Lindsay while he's headed back to his little hole in the ground. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Tells Lindsay to fuck off because he's fucking off and they're done here. Lindsay starts to leave, but he gets kind of caught up. There's a big sweep thing happening. And yeah. well, fuck. He tries to hide out by just standing next to Lila at the elevator, and he sees Holland talking to these creepy twins that are apparently the mind readers. Yes. Well, fuck. Yep. Oh, well, uh, it's just Lindsay. Fuck him. All the lawyers get lined up in the fucking like boardroom or meeting room or wherever, and the fucking creepy-ass psychic mind reader twins. Why are they always twins? Because they're creepy. I guess. Twins are creepy. If you're a twin, you're creepy. But they stare down each individual lawyer. They kind of do a double take with Lindsay. And we're like, oh, he's boned. They're going to get him. They're, They're going to get him. <laughs> Coming to get you. But they don't get him. They get Lee. Lee was planning, apparently, to fucking leave Wolferman Hart and take some of their clients with him. And, you know, lawyers can't have that. So they fucking shoot him in the head. Like, damn, maybe fire him or something. <laughs> like, this is a large, evil, supernatural law firm. They don't just let people go. That's just yes. silly. Yeah, Lee apparently was in secret talks with Klein and Gabler, presumably a competing evil law firm, and uh, intended to take clients with them when he leaves Wolfram and Hart, and they put him down like a rabid fucking dog. And so Lee is dead now. Spattering Lindsay with blood. Yeah, right. Do you know how much that shirt probably costs? Like, at least 30 or $40. <laughs> Way more than that, I'm sure. <laughs> and See, all I can think of is the scene from Liar Liar when he's like, I'm on my knees in a five or however many dollar. I think it's 500 Yeah, in a $500 suit. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been 5000 Might have been 5000 I don't know. Way more money than I will ever have to spend on a suit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lee's dead. Holland sends everyone away. They're all walking out. Lindsay's like, do, 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 do. Not you, Lindsay. Yeah, you gotta stay after class. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, shucks. Damn it. I thought I was gonna get away with it, but Fucking you got busted. <laughs> Back at Angel Investigations, Angel makes it back with the files and the scrolls. <laughs> Wes is like, Where, where's Lindsay? He's not with you? And Angel just says, if he made it out, he'll be here. If he didn't, then there's no reason to go back for him. We have work to do. Well, he's, and he's you know not what? not wrong at all. No. Like, I'm so glad they avoided the, like, the moment where the hero's like, we gotta go get him out. It's like, no, he's fucking dead already. Oh, yeah, there's no going back. Like, gone in the previous episode. It's it, like, no, she's fucking dead already. If he's dead on it, if he's stuck on his own turf, you have no chance of getting him out of there. Yeah. So. Like, no, I'm sorry. It sucks to leave a man behind, but when you know that the man that you're leaving behind is fucking already dead, then you leave him behind. But also, they don't have nearly enough rapport with Lindsay to even God. bother regardless. God, no. So, Wesley's baffled by this scroll. Um, it's so pretty. <laughs> Angel, where did you get this? <laughs> I found it on the table, and it was pretty, so I took it and I put it in my bag. 
Why did you do that, Angel? <laughs> it's more like, did you have a reason for doing that? No. <laughs> no. My favorite part is that, like... I, I thought that he, the scroll wanted me to. Well, he asks Angel if he had a reason for taking it, and Angel's like, yeah, totally. And then he goes, well, what was the reason? And Angel's like, I don't know. The, yes, definitely. It was shiny. There wasn't one. <laughs> That was my reason. <laughs> there was no reason. That's that's a reason. Yeah, it's apparently written in ancient... God damn it. Aramaic. Aramaic. I wrote it down, and I did not write it down phonetically, which made my brain hurt a yeah, little bit there. don't do that. So it's ancient Aramaic. Yes. And, and he plans... Wesley plans on getting that translated. Now, if you want to talk about ancient... How about we talk about that fucking zip drive that all this data's on? Sweet God Almighty. So Cordelia's like, well, you might want to translate this first. Yeah. Oh, no, the disks are encrypted. Well, who didn't see that coming? I just love that they that it's a zip drive, dude. It's a fucking zip drive. Do you remember zip drives? I, of course I remember zip drives. <laughs> what do you take me for? <laughs> zip drives had like a four-year period where they were of any use whatsoever. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't recall ever using one. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brain. Hey, you're a vampire. So back at Wolfram and Hart, they drag Lee's body across the carpet, leaving a huge blood yeah. trail on the carpet. Fucking morons. Put some plastic under there. Right? Pick him up. Then you can just Put cut out some, yeah. that one square of carpet. No, you dragged him all the way down the hall, probably to the fucking elevator. <laughs> right. Like, you're just... They have to redo the whole floor. The body whole bags thing. exist for a reason. Yeah. It's not just for... Police departments. Hell, you have vampire clients or probably vampire fucking employees or some shit. Fucking have one of them come in and, you know, clean up that mess. There you go. Get the straws. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, so Holland's like, oh, what a pity. You can't get that out of the carpet. Believe me, we've tried. Like, Jesus Christ. That really is the best voice for him. <laughs> Holland gives Lindsay a stern talking to and gives him a few days off to think about yeah. what he's done. Lee is going to leave with clients and like really fuck over Wolfram and Hart. So we're going to shoot him in the head. But Lindsay is leaving Wolfram and Hart, fucking over one of their hitmen and saving children from them that might, you know, have a prophecy that they're part of that will be the downfall of Wolfram and Hart. But that's fine. That's fine. We want to see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's... he might be management material. <laughs> so because he might be, like, we should really just kind of see if he's evil enough. He's got potential. Lee was just a dick. Yeah. Nobody liked Lee. Lee made a little too many creepy sexist jokes. Yeah. And so he gets a bullet in the head. Stop sniffing people over their shoulder. Yeah. Like, Yikes. No one likes that, Lee. <laughs> so Holland still firmly believes that Lindsay just needs to figure out where he belongs, whatever the fuck that means, or some shit. 
Yeah, and but, Lindsay's notably confused that Holland doesn't want to kill him. And you know what, Lindsay? You're not alone. I, too, am confused. Right? Just fucking kill him. Yeah, it's a good times, though. Yeah. I love a little mystery. Back at Angel Investigations, Cordelia is on the phone with Willow, who helps yeah. her crack the files. Yes. I don't know about you, but it's next to impossible to help my mother troubleshoot clicking <laughs> the right button over the phone, let alone <laughs> hack encrypted files with Cordelia. Like, Cordelia's not <laughs> dumb. Move the mouse to the icon that looks like a file. Which, what are you talking about, Joshua? <laughs> I clicked it. I clicked it already. And then it popped up and it went to the place where it told me to do the thing. <laughs> Back up about 18 billion steps. Back up about 146 trimesters here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Throw yourself down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> Turn off the computer. Just turn it off. Like, okay, you can't find the power button? Just pull the fucking plug. <laughs> right. See the window there? Open the window and take the computer and throw it. Throw it right out the onto window. Onto the street. One time I was helping my aunt <laughs> troubleshoot a, her computer that I had built for her. And I told her over the phone multiple times. She was like, it won't turn off. It won't turn off. And I'm like... Press the button and hold it. She's like, I did. I'm like, press the button and hold it longer. There, I did. And so I finally came over to her damn house and I watched her. She's like, look, watch. And she was only holding it for like maybe a second and a half. Then she's like, look, there, I pressed it and I held it. And I literally <laughs> stared at her with a dead look on my face. Stuck my finger into the button and just kept it pressed until the computer turned off. Yep. And then she looked at me like, what the fuck did you just do? You, what, how did you do that? What, <laughs> what is going on? I pressed and held it. Like, how the fuck do you have someone, hey, how the fuck do you tell someone, hey, have you tried turning it off and on again? If they really can't understand that much. They literally, legitimately <laughs> don't even understand how to turn it off. That reminds me of the when my fucking parents got their first computer ever. Yeah. My stepdad couldn't figure out how to turn the computer off, so he hooked it up to a power strip. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. And so, like, he wasn't turning it off, like, norm like going through the shutdown process. He was just fucking... Pulling the goddamn plug. There it is. It's off now. I got this. I, ever, I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, what are you doing? Jesus God. <laughs> you don't do that. <sighs> so that's the reason why I won't go into tech support. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, God, what am I doing? Why am I trying to get into IT? What are we doing? <laughs> Why are we watching this? Exactly. So, uh... Anyway, yes. Willow actually effectively helps Cordy decrypt the data. They get into the files. Wesley's reading through them, and he says, Here it is. Lindsay was right. Children, three of them. Sears. They were each found in different remote locations, brought together here for the first time. Cordelia responds, they're blind, too. <laughs> Together, the children have the power to see into the heart of things. Because that's descriptive. Yeah. Wesley's like, <laughs> a holy triumvirate. Yeah, what the fuck did he call it? Triumvirate. Tri 
Triumvirate. Triumvirate. What the fuck is that? I have to Google that word now. And as they mature, so does their power. In ancient Rome, a group of three men holding power, in particular the unofficial coalition of Julius Caesar. Oh, neat. Yeah. Look at that. That's kind of neat. So the plan is to intercept these kids as mentor and take him somewhere safe and then yeah. bring the kids to him. Yeah. So we cut to the house with the kids in it. Oh, they do mention uh, how Vanessa can fucking like do Daredevil I'm Blind oh, fighting yeah. bullshit. Oh, yeah. She blinded herself and she ran off and did some weird training in a cave with monks. Well, I'm... I'm thinking that she studied the monks and then blinded herself. I think I assume be, that they either maybe. told her to blind herself or she had to be blind to get into the training. Whatever. Apparently, she can just feel people. That's how she sees. She feels them. She That's just... Extra sensories them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is probably sonar. I call it sonar. Yeah. And then uh, we... <clears throat> Good line here. Lindsay shows up and he's like, sorry, I'm late. Hope I didn't worry anyone. And Cordy's just like, we just figured you were dead. <laughs> and there's a little a little bit of sadness there behind her eyes where she's like, damn it. But you're not. <laughs> well, that's our night. Yeah. Womp, 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 I was womp. making popcorn. <laughs> Uh, so cut to the house with the kids in it. Yeah. Lindsay goes with them. There's this nice old guy that gives the kids some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and hot cocoa, which is probably oh. enough sugar to make them barf. But also, did you notice what the kids were playing with? No. Spoons? They were playing. One had an Etch-A-Sketch. The other two had Rubik's Cubes. Oh, really? Who the fuck gives blind kids... An Etch-A-Sketch and Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> also, these are supposed to be supernaturally intelligent children. I guess presumably. This but is, like, It's like three of the spoon kids from the Matrix. And you, <laughs> and you gave them toys. Let's give you a toy that's reliant on your ability to see what the fuck see, you're doing. You have to be able to see those colors. Oh my god! Well, I mean, those, but those colors are on a certain spectrum that maybe they can supernaturally sense or something. No, they, they fucking, like, sense shit with their heart or whatnot. They see into the heart of things. They're like seers, not like supernatural daredevil fighters like the fucking woman. Oh, yeah, Like they, Just because they're all blind doesn't mean they have the same supernatural powers, but, like... Like, why an etch like so, yeah. so let's give them some completely inappropriate toys. This had to be like the prop master's joke. Yeah, I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, let's give them some completely inappropriate toys and probably more sugar than they've ever had in one sitting in their lives. Do you want a Rubik's Cube thrown at your head? That's how you get a Rubik's Cube thrown at your head. <laughs> exactly. Because... One of these kids is, looks Indian, the other one looks Asian. Yeah. And the third one is just straight up white, but we he just flew in, so he's probably not American. Yeah. Who and knows? America has the highest sugar um, <laughs> content in their average diet than any other country on the planet. I guarantee. Like I know my my stepbrother went to Japan when he was in high school and came back, ate at Taco Bell and barfed. 
because that's just how shit. Well, it's Taco Bell, but (laughs) maybe it was McDonald's (laughs) interchangeable, frankly. Right. But yeah, no, just other countries are not accustomed to the amount of shit that we have in our food. I've also heard that a lot of like the mainstream fast foods are significantly better in other countries. Oh, yeah. Significantly. Well, it's because they have to follow local regulations yeah and there's just so much stupid shit we can get away with here but here we have lobbyists yeah anyway so the old guy gets stabbed and killed immediately as he's walking away it's yep. the blind chick yeah Vanessa. and she's gonna do some child murdering right yeah <laughs> luckily angel's there to stop the child murdering i came here to murder children and stab an old man and i'm all out of old men <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Angel's fighting her. You know, it's a handy thing that white canes are not made out of wood. Otherwise, that would be a bad fight for Angel to be in. Yeah. Because well, white canes are generally a, aluminum or, or um, fiberglass. So, right, you know, yeah. handy that. Definitely. But also handy that he discovers rather quickly here that she's basically just a T-Rex. Right. Because <laughs> she's a motherfucking T-Rex. <laughs> Because she can't see him if he doesn't move. <laughs> the fight becomes stop motion. It, yeah. And Lindsay's in the background trying to take the kids, but she kicks him in the chest. Oh, and dude. I, I couldn't tell where he went after that. He was like hiding in the corner. Yeah. But well, we see later that he's shielding the children. Yeah. But like, okay, this fight goes on way too long. Yeah. Way too long. This episode goes on way too long. It does. Oh, God, it does. And so Angel gets the killing blow by being in her face without her knowing it. Right. Like, she can't fucking... Oh, wait. No, she wouldn't be able to hear his breathing because he doesn't breathe. This is one of those rare moments where the canonical apparent fact that he doesn't breathe or have breath or a heartbeat really works in his favor. Yeah. And uh, then Angel kills her with her stick. With her own stick. Yeah. How do you like like that? That sucks. Sucks for her. But hey, good news. The kids aren't traumatized because they're blind. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But they saw into the heart of her and realized that she was an evil bitch. I really want to know what their powers are now. Like, I want to know how traumatized are these children? Well. Could they use the (laughs) Etch-A-Sketch? Did they think it was just a weirdly shaped maraca? Were they able to solve the Rubik's Cube by peeling off the stickers like everybody else? Probably not. Don't do that! (laughs) Cut back to Angel's office office, where Wesley has translated the scroll, and it prophesies both the coming of the children and Angel. Yep, the scrolls are apparently the prophecies of Abergen. Abergen, there you go. The prophecies of Abergen. Yeah, something like that. It mentions the children, and it specifically mentions Angel, because it, not him specifically, kind of, not by name, but hey, it's a vampire with a soul, and well, we don't have very many of those now, do we? <laughs> right? I also believe I know why you were drawn to it. There is an entire passage about you. It doesn't call you by name, but it tells of a vampire with a soul. This doesn't surprise you, and Angel's like... No. Oh, no. I've always known I was way more important than other people. <laughs> so, Obviously. <laughs> have you met me, Wesley? <laughs> 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 
There is a design angel hidden in the chaos, as it may be, but it's there, and you have your place in it. Yeah, Wesley, I just told you I'm well aware of how important I am. Gah. Have you seen this jawline? Look at this jawline. Nobody with this jawline isn't the most important person in the room. <laughs> it's what makes me so goddamn broody. Good at it. <laughs> so good at brooding. And we cut back to, what'd you call it? Gerba thump thump? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Wolfy, wolfy sheep thump thump. Uh, I <laughs> something you've used like eight names or something so far this episode but Lindsay returns and holland's cleaning out his office at first i thought maybe he was like cleaning out lee's office or something but no it turns out it's holland's office yeah cleaning out his own damn office yeah you got balls kid <laughs> i you got balls and i like them <laughs> get him over here i want to lick those balls all right that's <laughs> too much too fast all right Maybe <laughs> I understand boundaries. That's fine. As soon as those words came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to take that I somewhere. Like, I am going to really make you dirty. regret that immediately. So he's like, I handpicked you because of your gigantic balls. Not your brain. You got potential, kid. Like, look how funny you walk. <laughs> what? Because he's got great oh, big balls. he's got great big balls. Yeah. <laughs> I've got big balls. You've, You've got, got big, big balls. balls. We'll stop there before we, you know, <laughs> copy per infringe on some copyrights. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, he's like, you've you've got potential to see how things really are. Yeah, and he ends with just make your make your decision. Either you leave for good and you walk out that door, or you stay. His quintessential line from this scene is one of my quotes of the day. Yeah. He says, Oh no. I'm offering you a new job, a permanent one with a thundering raise and ungodly benefits. In fact, I'm offering you this very office. I'm going upstairs. What I'm offering you, Lindsay, is the world. Now I know you pretty well, and I'm betting that you're going to take it. Lindsay's like, okay. Like an asshole. Like an asshole. But fuck me, how could anyone turn down that offer? You had me at thundering rays and ungodly benefits. The reason I like the adjective thundering is the times in D&D &D when you have a big scary monster that the players are not supposed to fight, but they decide for some fucking reason that they're going to fight the big scary monster. And as a DM, you've stupidly statted the monster, but you don't really want to let them kill the monster. And they're and you're like, hey, this this say it's a dragon. This dragon blows fire at you. When you go to roll your dice for said fire, you roll a thunder of dice. The group noun for a fuck ton of dice is a thunder of dice because when you toss them on the table, it sounds like thunder. And so when I think of a thundering raise, I think of the number result you get when you throw a thunder of dice. That'd be a good and fucking race. And it really race. works. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Huh. And I know that's not what they were going for, but that's where my head went, and I like it. I like it. I like it, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, so Lindsay, he walks towards the door, 
And we're like, is he going to walk out? It kind of looks like he's going to walk out, but then he slowly grabs. Nope. They're double doors. He grabs one door, closes it. And he's like, it's like you can still walk out. You still got one more door to it walk is. out. But then he closes the door he's with like, oh. him still inside. And, and he, he doesn't look happy about it, but he looks resigned to his fate. And Angel was right. That's not change. That's no. panic. Yep. Speaking of, we cut over to a rooftop where Angel's looking out over the city with kind of a look on his face that said to me, I sense a disturbance in the force, and I love it. <laughs> I sense an asshole that I'm going to later kill. I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs> the claw. Christ. Gerarg. Gerarg. <laughs> Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. Give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. Yeah, how'd you feel about this episode, Rex? Oh, it was fucking boring. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fucking boring. I didn't think it was boring, but I thought uh, it was mostly insubstantial. Oh, yeah, okay. It, it was borderline. It was right on the edge. I think it could have been a lot less boring if, like, the main fucking plot is blind woman gonna go kill some kids, and that was, like, all of five goddamn minutes. Yeah, it jumped right back into a, a Monster of the Week-style setup. Yeah. But I'm glad that we got to spend the majority of this episode seeing the inside of Wolfram and Hart and yeah. learning a little more about how it works. And that that is nice. Yeah, I think it really just could have used some much better editing to to make the scenes punchier. I guess is the right word. Like the pacing this episode was fucking awful. I don't think it necessarily could have been saved by editing so much as the writers seemed to really languish in these long conversations that didn't really amount to much. Like, yeah, they were enjoyable, but the bottom line of these conversations were very basic. Yeah. A lot of wordiness. It was very wordy. Not a whole lot of action. And none of that wordiness really amounted to much. Really, all it amounted to was Angel's holding up his word that he said he was going to use guns some more. Yep. Um, we learned a little more about Lindsay as a character. I wouldn't really... It's kind of character development. Yeah. Because we saw that he kind of has a conscience. He does have a line that he draws, but then he decided eh, he didn't really care that much. Yeah. Thundering rays, after all. Well, and it like, and I don't remember what the fuck happens next episode, but it really feels like they're setting Lindsay up to be the big bad next season. It kind of does. It like, kind of does. I think that would be pretty fucking solid. Because then we would have a big bad that there, we know something about in advance, which would be really fucking nice. And we would get that interaction of, like, Angel did try to kind of save him once. He gave him an out. And Lindsay's like, no, fuck you. And that would... Yeah. If Lindsay becomes the big bad for next season, that would be some great play, I think. I think Lindsay is simply letting fear get the best of him. Oh, Definitely. I think after watching Lee get murdered, just for thinking about leaving the company, he knows they're going to, if he leaves, he's going to be watching his back the rest of his life. Well, and 
honestly, the simple truth is, from what we know of Lindsay as a character, his entire fucking life has been driven by fear. He went down this evil, dark path, specifically from fear of what his father was like and how poor his dad was and how he didn't want to be that fucking guy. Sure. And, like, so he, he chose the route that he is. He wanted to be empowered, unlike yeah. his father, who just let people steamroll him. And I get that. I'm not sure I would classify that as fear, but I see what you're saying. I I think it is. I think it works for the character, given how these previous actions are definitely fear. Like, he's... You know, he's afraid that he's going too dark. So he fucking decides he's going to betray Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. And it, then once he realizes that, oh, if he betrays Wolfram and Hart, he's going to be really fucking screwed and just be fucking murdered. Then he he acts on fear again. So, yeah, I think that's all his driving. Well, as far as setting up Wolfram and Hart and specifically Lindsay as next season's big bad... I know Wolfram and Hart is an ongoing big bad throughout the series. Yeah. They are not the specific big bad of next season from what I both know and have ruined for myself and recall. Right. But also the other thing that we get out of this episode in terms of long-term setup, or at the very least short-term for the rest of this season, which only has two episodes left now, Mm-hmm. Or one, because this was 21. We only have one left. Next episode is our fucking season finale, guys. And next episode is our 100th episode. It is, in fact. I'm going to have to get some good wine Yeah, for next episode. And you know what? I might actually drink a little bit of that whiskey. Oh, my. Yeah. I might do that, too. But anyway, so the one little piece of setup that we get is that scroll that Angel stole. And it rhymes. Hey. <laughs> it does. And so we get another sense of this larger plan that the powers that be have for Angel. Because yep. we already had the oracles from previously. So we kind of already knew that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of neat. It's a little bit of, uh, I don't know if we can properly call it foreshadowing, but it's just kind of the setup. And I'm really excited to see how they knock it down or what they do with it. Right. Yeah. It's a maybe it's a seed that they're planting or something. Yeah, I think that yeah, that that works. Yeah, that sounds like a thing, right? I still think it's a very meh episode. It was a very meh episode, but and I like to pick out the things that were still relevant and fun. What pisses me off is how dare they give me a heist episode and it's meh. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if you really understand just how much I fucking love heist films. Heist films are my favorite genre of movies. I don't understand it. I probably never will understand it. But I know that that is a thing that you have said before. Love it. Good for you. I'm so happy for you. Well, anyway, do you have a quote of the day? Probably. Yeah, I've got a quote of the day. I'm going to go with Lindsay's response to Lila. I was under the impression that you never touch a book anymore. Lindsay responds, little secret between you and me. I'm sorry, that wasn't nearly sleazy enough. Little secret between you and me, babe. If the amoebas find out you're willing to read, they lose all respect for you. And you know, that really is a good example of like, you lie with truth, right? Because that strikes me as something that he actually legitimately does. Oh, absolutely. And he really thinks on his feet, and he's so yeah. slick. He's he's a very fun character that I'm glad that they built upon this episode. I'm going to have to go with 
kind of the whole the whole conversation between Angel and Lindsay when uh, Angel's taunting him in the very beginning after Lindsay shows up at the office is is I love the whole fucking scene. But I'm going to go with Angel's line of, I'm sorry, I nodded off. Did you get to the part where you're evil? Because <laughs> it's like, what the fucking get the hell out of my goddamn office yeah. with this bullshit. I don't care, Lindsay. And he absolutely should not take <laughs> Lindsay seriously. No. He should expect that this is a trap and a setup. Yeah. And you need to fucking prove it to me that you're actually serious about this. And even though Lindsay was serious about this, he still goes back to fucking Wolfram and Hart afterwards. Well, Wolfram and Hart really threw a fucking curveball at him too. Like he could have never, how was he supposed to know that he could try to fuck them in the ass and they'd be like, we're going to give you a fucking promotion, man. Like, there must not be very many people who get promoted in Wolfram and Hart it's, because, like, it reminded me of Office Space. <laughs> He's a straight shooter, management material all the way. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, have to God. ask you to move your things down into the basement. That'd be great. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't think very many people get raises in Wolfram and Hart. Like, if you have to fucking risk your life and betray them. That seems like maybe maybe an, a not big occurrence when you're like, hey, you've been thinking of betraying us. We're going to shoot you in the fucking head. So, like, I really don't understand their system. Yeah. Like, hey, you betraying us means you're going to die. But you betraying us means promotion. That's a toxic work environment. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Anyway, this has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to find us on Facebook. Like all our posts. Share them, please. You can join our Facebook group if you'd like to ask us questions or, you know, just show us memes. That's generally what people do there. Or pictures of your cats. Or, yeah, pictures of your cats. Whatever. Every now and then I will share a picture of my cat on the Facebook group. And you can also get pictures of my cat through our Twitter on occasion, at BeerWithBuffy.com on Twitter. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so on either of those platforms, but also send us an email, BeerWithBuffy at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text message at 269-743-0783. If you would like to support our show, you can do that with wearing some of our merch with our logo on it. You can find all of that at store.beerwithbuffy.com. If you'd just like to give us your money, because apparently people like doing that, you can do so at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. We have a cat naming perk. That's pretty much it. I thought we weren't doing that anymore. I don't know. I haven't gotten rid of it yet. Okay. (laughs) Maybe I will if too many people do it in, in a row. It's gotten very like, popular, but yeah. it's also exhausting. It can be fun, but the number one way that you can help our podcast is give us a review on iTunes. If you if you only want to rate us, just rate us. But if you want to write a review, that's the best thing you can do. And if you write a review somewhere else, because apparently we can't find them all and there's other places you can write reviews for us, send us an email or a tweet or something showing us your review. We'd love to see it. We'd love to read it on the air. As always, thank you to JJ Treadway for opening and transitioning music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night.
Reeves be with you. And also with you. done why are we watching this 